0: However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Heavenly Father, uh, I thank you that you always honor your words, and that's what I'm here to do tonight is to preach not my words, but your words, the words of Scripture, the inspired and inerrant, uh, as some have called in history past, the Holy Writ. Um, Lord, I ask that your words would touch our hearts and kindle a fire within, Lord, and refresh and, and recharge and challenge and convict and do something on the inside tonight that only the words of God can do. And so I surrender to you, I surrender to your spirit and ask you to have your way in this room and through Facebook Live and through the recording. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, the name that is above all names, the the only name by which men, women, and children can be saved, the name of Jesus, amen. Okay. Well, it's Seek the Lord Month, inquiring of God. That's my title tonight in uh, Seek the Lord Month, Inquiring of God. And that's the heart posture that we are going to have with us throughout the month of April. Now, we always want to have a heart uh, of inquiring of God, but I, th- I just sense kind of a heads up, kind of a, a, a tip off to begin to proactively say, Lord, what, what are you doing in the season that is unfolding? So much of the last year caught us off guard. But we were reminded that things are changing. The world's changing, and it's changing rapidly. And so we need to be as a church not just reacting to everything that's happening, but we need to be those who are proactively seeking the guidance and the insight and the revelation that God can give so that we can navigate our Christian community here, the house of prayer, and so the church can navigate through what's unfolding. And I just I just sense that we're in one of those times where Jesus is instructing his body to kind of Put the antenna up a little higher, kind of like the radio, you know, you can have it up, but there's like, you can extend it further. And I just, I think that's what we're to do this month. And and what that looks like practically is just asking him throughout the, the next few weeks, like, Lord, help us to, you know, show us, give us some tip-offs about the next season and show us you know any changes we're to make or anything we're to do or not do just just help us and he's a good father and he's a good shepherd and he will be faithful to give us insight i'm getting ahead of myself already but you know god being a good father and a good shepherd never gives us the whole map with everything that's going to happen he never gives us everything because he knows us he loves he knows we if we had the map and we had the master plan we wouldn't talk to him as much we wouldn't press into the relationship as much so he gives us pieces as we ask again his heart isn't to withhold information to manipulate us but he gives us pieces because he knows us and if we have a piece at a time we'll talk to him more and so this is one of those seasons just to say lord as it pertains to my house and my family and my life and my marriage and my, my parenting and my ministry, all these things, as it pertains to me, give me insight. I think we're in one of those times. Uh, I'm going to skip through most of the introduction. Uh, I'm not going to touch on every sentence there. But um, I do want to just highlight that I love... And I'm going to get into this here in a moment, but I just, I love how King David, he's like the premier example of what it looks like to inquire of God in Scripture. Now, of course, Jesus wins in every category, so there's Jesus. But but aside from him, King David was known throughout uh, his life as someone who would inquire of God. And so there are many scriptures I have. Most of them written down there, in, in letter B under the introduction, um, I have most of them. But he, but he would often, before he did something significant, he would stop, and he would inquire of God. He would prayerfully navigate that season. And often, what that meant is he would go to a prophetic person, and uh, and pray about it, and you know go into the house of God, the tabernacle, and sing about it and talk about it and pray about it and seek counsel and prophetic people in his life, and he would really, he would really get a, an answer. <laughs> and uh, I think that that's somewhat of a prototype, not that we get a clear answer on everything in life, and David by, by no means did, but, but sometimes when we take a moment to say, God, what would you do here? Sometimes he says something. And I, and I want you to know that that we serve the same God David served, and we serve a God who, when we inquire, He reveals things. And, uh, you know, many Christians don't think of God that way. They just think of, well, we've got the Bible, and we do have the Bible, and often God speaks through the Bible, but He speaks in many ways. And He speaks through through godly men and women. He gives counsel through people, and he does give dreams, and he does confirm things in a supernatural way. And 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 if it's God, it certainly it aligns with Scripture. You know, I I'm, I'm fully behind that. Um, but but sometimes if we open our heart, He'll speak to us. And um, so let's go down to number two. This is kind of really what I want to get into. It's Psalm twenty seven, verse four. Now, if you've done prayer meetings or if you've done prayer um, events, you know at some point you're going to hear Psalm 27:4. I mean, (laughs) this is one of those verses where you know if you're into seeking after the Lord, you're going to hear Psalm 27:4. But it is such such a wonderful verse. I'll read it here, Psalm 27:4, and this is David's heart cry. He says, "He says one thing." I have desired of the Lord. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. David is saying there's really one ultimate reality that defines me. It's my pursuit of God. And man, I know it's, Jesus is trying to bring his whole church worldwide to have this one pursuit be the, the chief among all pursuits. It's okay to be ambitious. It's okay to want a good job and to be successful. But, but really, to be ultimately successful, our pursuit of God has to be number one, no matter what we do in life. And this is what David is saying. He's like, I'm a, I'm a king. I'm a military commander. I'm all these things. But, but the one thing that I'm really after is to know God and to seek after the Lord. And then he goes on to say, He says this, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. I love that, to behold the beauty. There's so many beautiful attributes to God. I mean, there's no one more perfect in every way, no one more powerful, no one more merciful, no one more loving and more just and more true and and on and on and on. And and David says, I want to know God. I want to know all the beauty there is to him. And then he throws this in at the end. He says, and I want to inquire in his temple. There's one thing I desire of the Lord. I'm going to seek after it that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord or to just know him. And I want to inquire. I want to go into the temple of God and just spend time getting to know him, asking him questions, seeking to understand him through the Word of God and getting answers as I do. That's what David said. Now, the idea of inquiring, it just basically means to search for answers. Someone who inquires of God, they're they're searching, God, I need answers on this specific thing or... They're asking for guidance, you know, in a season, or for direction, or they're they're uh, looking for uh, to discover what's God's will right now for my life in this season, or for my marriage or my family. So there's a searching, and there's an asking, and there's a discovering that are a part of inquiring of God. I mean, we don't just sit in a chair and just say over and over, "I inquire of you," "I inquire of you." You know, it's it's not really what it is but we pursue Him. We, we search Him in the Word and we ask Him questions in prayer and then weeks go by and we've done this and breakthroughs and, and discoveries and revelations begin to happen and sometimes we can't even connect the two but we were pursuing it in, a, in an intentional way here and then something happened over here and then a year later we put it together. It's not always linear. Like not every time something happens here do we connect it that we asked a bunch here. But I know this. I've I've figured this one out over the years. If we do a whole bunch of asking back here, at some point up here, wisdom and insight and revelation touches us when we really need it. And, And the funny thing is, God knows when we really need it. Sometimes we think we really need it, and He's like, actually, and in six months is when you're really gonna need it, and then I'll do it. Now, some people think, oh man, sitting around in prayer meetings and asking for guidance and searching the Bible for answers sounds like legalism. Doesn't sound really like an adventure. Does you know it sound sounds kind of I don't know, kind of passive. Like, don't you just want to go make something happen and just do whatever you, you know, and and just stay after it and hustle? And uh, that's the new word that everybody uses now is hustle. Here's the thing. There is no greater adventure. There is no greater feeling of accomplishment than knowing you've waited... And then God spoke clearly and now you're doing what He revealed for you to do. There is no adventure like that. I don't want to just aimlessly use all of my energy to do what I think is a bunch of good things. I want to step back every now and then and say, let's take a while and just say, God, what are you going to do in the next season, year or two years? How can we get in agreement with that? That's where the real sense of uh, we're in it, you know. That's that's where that is. And so, some people just have boundless energy, and so they just kind of bounce off the wall for years, and and they do a bunch of stuff. But I, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I want to I want to go after God's highest with like a laser like precision. Like, Lord, help me. And so I think that's what David, I mean, David recognized there's, there's times where we have to, okay, there's a battle looming over here. We really need to ask, is that the right battle? Is that the wrong battle? Like what, should we go fight the Philistines or not? And many times God said yes, sometimes there were no's, and, and so that's just very important to have that in our thinking. Um. So again, I'm not talking about some people, you know, I'm not talking about hyper-spirituality where we pray for a month should we go to the grocery store. I mean, some people struggle with that. No, no, we're talking about it's. we have to make routine decisions as part of normal life. The thing is with hyper-spirituality, that makes people obsess over routine decisions and then make light of the big decisions. So we're prayerless about big stuff, and then we're obsessed with, well, i got to pray all morning and maybe fast breakfast to decide what I want to wear today. No, 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 no. You make routine decisions on the fly, but the big ones, like the family shifting or the ministry shifting or things like that, we pray that. We pray into that for a while. I love what James 1.5 says. This is kind of the New Testament language for what David spoke about in Psalm 27, 4, James says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. If you lack wisdom in any area, ask God for it. That's what James says. Because he will give to people, he'll give to you generously. He'll give you a liberal amount of, genera- of, of wisdom and and it, and it he, he either it comes with no reproach or um, he, he freely gives it uh, and he's not like, you know, there there's no negative it's not like oh you don't have wisdom yeah i'll give it to you but i don't like that no no he knows that we have such limited minds and so when we cry out for wisdom he sees that humility and he wants to honor it and help us the the very end of it though he says it will be given to him if you, if you lack wisdom ask god it will be given to him how often Do we march forward with a good idea and we forgot to even ask God if it was a good idea? Sometimes we get the cart so ahead of the horse because we've seen, well, this is how it works, so we're just going to take a whole bunch of people in this direction and now that we're so many years into it, I guess we just keep doing it, and God says, no, 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 before you head off in a direction, cart before the horse and take a whole bunch of people with you, just take a moment and ask, is this even God's will? I had one of the uh, more serious (laughs) uh, transitions of my life seven years ago to start House of Prayer. And that was a really sober time of counting the cost. Should I transition my life from corporate to the prayer world? Um, But there had been so many indications that God was in it That I said, okay, you know, whatever happens, I'm in. And, you know, fast forward seven years, and the Lord has been so kind to keep this work going despite having me to deal with. But so often I find myself saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. And so I'm just kind of put in this position, Lord, give me wisdom. And He says, okay, here it is. And so I think it's always good, you know, whether we sense it or we don't sense it, it's just good every once in a while just to take a moment in time and say, Lord, fill us with wisdom. Touch us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give us insight about this hour in which we live and the cultural moment and the season ahead. Uh, we need to know what to do. That's, that's what David, he, he kind of went about it like that. Now what's really interesting is that David is described as someone who inquired of God. His, um, uh, the, uh, the, the king before him, King Saul, was described in Scripture as someone who did not inquire of God. And so the Scriptures speak very harshly about Saul and very kindly toward David. And I've noticed that's something I don't want to get wrong. Saul became very presumptuous. And he just began to cut corners and, you know, get involved in these little compromises. And they became big compromises. And there was a point where the Lord says, you're done. And I just, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be, help me not to be that person who just kind of, you know, just does what I want. No, help me to really stay locked into you know, whatever season we're in, Lord, touch me, speak to me, make it clear what you're doing. Um, because we all have in our heart the kind of, you know, we could either go in the direction of Saul or David, so to speak. You know, we all have that Saul living in us and that David living in us, and I have to exercise, Lord, I want to be a man after your own heart. I don't want to be this presumptuous king that becomes proud and you tear the kingdom. And, you know, I, I, I we, we just need to, kind of every once in a while I'll say, Lord, make me more like David. Now I wrote down a few uh, important areas of inquiry. You know, some would say, well, what, what do I have to inquire about? You know, that's up to you and the Lord, but I'll just share what what to me, these are kind of the big ones that I try to keep in the forefront. Just three pretty quick here. Number one, when I'm inquiring of God or sitting in a nighttime prayer meeting or having a devotional time, I'm, I'm praying something like, Lord, help me to live this, you know, help me, help me to, to lead myself uh, in this season. Self-leadership is very important because I have to, I have to live what I preach. I have to take care of my own heart. I have to live in such a way that I can do this 10, 20, 30 years from now. And so, Lord, what does it look like to lead myself, not that, you know, you know, Jesus is leading me, but but the, the decisions throughout the day that I'm supposed to make, what do those look like right now? What does devotion look like right now? What does it mean to be faithful to you in this season? And that's a good thing for us to ask in every, you know, every, you know, couple years or every couple seasons or whatever, just ask yourself, what does it look like right now? I mean, I've got this job and I've got this family and I've got these commitments, but you know, what kind of time should I be spending with you? How many books should I be reading? Like all these things, you know, so that we're growing personally as well. Because life can overwhelm us. And we can end up just reacting to everything instead of having a sense of, no, this is what I need to do, this is how I need to exercise, this is how I need to eat, this is how I need to sleep, this is all these things, or else I can't do it. And I see too many burn out because they didn't didn't really pay attention to all the areas where they needed to self-lead. And so I don't want to be this person that I'm real successful and over here, but I've got four areas over here that are just on fire, huge dumpster fire. No, I want every area of my life to be under Jesus's leadership. And so every once in a while, you know, I got to go, okay, how do I do that right now? And so I do think it's important to ask that and just to make sure that our devotional life is good and, and... And again, never compare yourself to someone out there who prays 100 hours a day or whatever they do. Uh, Just whatever's between you and God, and you're being honest with him, and he's saying, okay, yeah, do this. If you do this every day, me and you are good. Uh, And and in the one sense, we're good with God because we're saved by grace. You know, that's, but you know what I mean? There's, There's the response. There's the, hey, this is what you need to walk out to be close to me. And so that's what I'm interested in. Because there, there are oh gosh, there are so many people. that oh, I don't need to do anything. I'm just close with. Well, I've never seen that work out. No, there, there. It's like the person that says, oh, I'll never, I'll never train. I'll just make it to the NFL. Never going to happen. In the Christian life, we have to make decisions uh, about Bible reading and prayer and you know relationships. So many that we just have to constantly be like, Lord, help me in these areas. And so it's very important to just take time, maybe once a year, every couple of years, and say, Lord, what does it look like in this season so that I'm good with you? You know, personalize this. What does it look like for you? What kind of a devotional life? You know, what does faithfulness in the ministry look like? And, um, and, and certainly, you know, live up to biblical standards. But, but again the scriptures aren't going to tell me and you every little thing we're going to need to do and so we have to we have to pray into that and get a sense of okay here's what devotion looks for me here's and on and on another thing that I think is important that we all should ask if we're in ministry or if we have a you know a corporate career whatever we do with our life is just Lord, what does it look like for me to lead my marriage, my family, etc. in this season or this season ahead? What does it look like to prioritize my my spouse, my children? What does it look like to disciple them and to help them thrive as believers in 2020, uh, 2021 and beyond? Uh, Help me to be the husband or the wife you know depending on who, who who's hearing this uh help me to be the the spouse that my uh, husband or wife needs or the parent that my children need because here's the thing you know in life relationships come and go you know so many people come in and out of our lives but our family that's permanent um, our spouse uh, we 're together <laughs> to the end, by the grace of God, and our kids are always going to be our kids, and then they have kids and so there 's something sacred about family where we have to you know always be cognizant, Lord, what does it look like to uh, to lead my family in this season because you know again, life pulls us in so many directions, and then our you know our kids feel left out and all that so we have to really pray, like Lord, what does it look like to lead uh, Mandy and Caleb and Noah and Joshua and Glory and Zeke, and I got all these all these kids all of a sudden. You know, what does it look like to be dad? And and so that's important. Um, man, it is one of my um, aspirations to help people define success. Um, as having a strong family, as part of that definition. Because when many people think success, they think really reputable job, money. I mean, I, I know I'm Christian, but I want this and this and this. And they're not thinking of the time their kids will need with them. And so uh, Mandy and I have made pretty intentional decisions. We have homeschooled for years. We bring our kids to prayer meetings. We do almost everything together because that in a blink will be done. And then they'll be on their own, and I just really want to deeply entrench in them that dad wants to be with them, and mom wants to be with them. And so we do life together. It's so important for kids to have their parents in their life. Okay, so number three, this is really the one that applies most broadly to everyone, and that is, um, what does it look like to lead or to participate in, depending Uh, What does it look like to lead the GP hop or your ministry? You could put that in there. What does that look like right now? I think it's good for pastors and leaders to say, what does it look like to lead this ministry in this season and the season ahead? Show me what that looks like. Show me what we're to do. Show me what we're to not do. What are we to major in? What are we to minor in? What are we to shift? What are we to keep plowing on? What, what doors are we to walk through or not walk through? What opportunities do we say yes or no to? These are the kinds of things we should be thinking. And, and I say that because some think every open door is a good door. And that's absolutely a recipe for disaster. And some people aren't willing to go through open doors because they're too content. And so the Lord, we just have to keep an open heart. And sometimes uh, He has us say yes to a bunch of things, and we're really busy for a season. And then He scales us back, and and we wait on the Lord, and we get clarity, and we you know repair some things. Um, but but certainly we don't say yes to everything. We don't say no to everything. There's a mixture. Um. And and so we have to learn to walk that out. I mean, it's hard, but we, you know, my wife and I have to say no to things a lot. And so that we can focus like a laser on what God's called us to do because we believe in it and we believe that God wants to bless it and grow it. And if we have a history of faithfulness, um, he'll, that he'll use it. And so it's just so important to do. And so when I'm, you know, praying on a, you know, let's say Thursday night or a, Friday night like lord here we are we we're seeking your direction we're seeking your guidance these are areas that i'm really thinking like you know talk to me about how, what's my response look like how do i do this with my family how, what does the ministry look like and so and so those are some of the main areas and then there's some of the secondary issues of what kinds of events and things like that but these are the big ones and and certainly as a house of prayer we're going to pray. But there's so many, like, you know, do we, how many nights do we do it? How many mornings? And there's so many things that we could do that we just, I think, I think it's so healthy and necessary to put that before the Lord. Lord, make clear, well, you know, based on the, the resource we have and the energy levels we have and based on what you're saying, what does it look like right now? Again, not just good for us to do as a ministry, but as individuals. Well, I don't think I've taken too much time here. That's about I bit about a half hour there. And so let me just uh, make just a couple uh, concluding thoughts. That's sort of the trajectory of the month that we're gonna we're just going to be, talking about, uh, praying into and talking about this idea of inquiring, because I'm thinking, you know, not just based on last year, but certainly based on the last 12 months of so many things happening that seem to just rattle what we thought was normal, you know, the, the, the protests that stemmed from the um the George Floyd incident and the the racial unrest and the social unrest and then the pandemic and there's just so much happening the presidential election uh, a couple of weeks ago I gave sort of a review of you know my thoughts on the previous year and uh, a lot lot changing rapidly and and I don't want to just react I want to I want to have my heart set in a proactive way like god this is going to keep happening like what's it look like to do the kingdom right now? And he'll talk to us. I I really have a a specific burden to help the church and anyone who cares what I say to help us fight the right battles. If there's anything I've seen in the last 12 months, it is Christians fully engaged in the completely wrong battle. And I, I know, I know that's what's burning so many people out. They're they're in the wrong battle of uh, a political obsession or a conspiratorial obsession or something that's not the main battlefront. The main battlefronts such as prayer and worship and teaching the gospel and being faithful in our marriages, and there are some battlefronts that are... So epic, epically strategic that many Christians they've backed off the main battlefronts and they've gone to these peripheral fronts that don't do any damage in this spiritual battle, and so the prototype of Scripture is a is a man who is king, King David, who looks through over, out over the landscape and says, "There's a key battle right here, Lord. Should I do it?" The Lord says yeah that's that's the right battle. But many Christians are way over here and they're they're just absolutely obsessed with the you know the argument of the day on social media. So they're hours a day over here and that's doing absolutely no damage to anything. Meanwhile, there's a there's a front over here that if we were to focus our efforts and pray and worship preach the truth, share the gospel. There'd be some serious advancement over here. And so that's, that's my heart is to, God, help us to reconnect with, you know, what you're saying and what's effective because the, the reality is this, and some Christians just don't even believe this, but the, the fact is we're in a spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual battle with the kingdom of darkness there's real demonic powers there's real demons and they seek to as as the father of lies is kind of over the hierarchy of the demonic they're seeking to kill steal and destroy and if we're over here you know fighting these random peripheral things not even paying attention here then then we're not being good stewards or good leaders or In other words, we're not being the church. We're we're not doing what we've been called to do. And so, man, I would love to see in this month a few more people transition to the the correct battlefront, so to speak, and start to, you know, act in that spirit of David, uh, who is a man after God's heart, and you could be a woman after God's heart too, it's the same thing, but to just kind of recognize, okay, oh, there's something forming over here, or there's... Uh, Philistines, or you know well, well, Lord, what do we do and and i'm i 'm confident that, as we allow him to speak to us with our hearts open, our noses in the scriptures, our antennas up in prayer, open to what he might say he 'll direct us as a ministry and as a as a you know a citywide church and as a global church he 'll direct us, but we have to have our heart in the right place. We have to have kind of our heart like lord i 'm open i 'm willing you know just speak to me. And he'll do it. And so I will end right there. Amen, amen. And let me close this in prayer. So Father, I've shared uh, the burden that you've put on my heart and uh, the scriptures that you've uh, given to me tonight. Now I just pray, Holy Spirit, make them real. And as we talk about this month, what it means to inquire of God and the things that that uh, applies to, Lord, just give us insight. We want to know uh, what it looks like to be the greater Peoria House of Prayer in our city, in our culture, in 2021 and beyond. Excuse me. Lord, we want to be in prime position to serve the community, to serve your purposes. Lord, we don't want to put the cart before the horse. We don't want to just march off into a certain direction. Lord, we want your wisdom. So we ask for that tonight. Give us wisdom as... As a, as a ministry, as families, as marriages, as individuals, as parents, moms and dads, give us wisdom. And Lord, I even pray that you'd release a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God all throughout our community so that hundreds of churches and ministries, thousands of pastors and leaders and parents would connect to what is wisdom in this hour, even in this moment, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org slash teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org slash donate. That's gphop.org slash donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.